to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, let's look at Titus 2, 11 to 13. And then we're going to go to today's point. Titus 2, verse 11 to 13. Is repentance really possible? Can a person really change? Can somebody really go from living this way to living the other way? Is it really possible? Titus 2, from verse 11. We'll read it in this version, then we'll read it in the Amplified. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to Frederick, uh-huh. teaching me. Oh, I thought I was doing my personal meditation. Let's go. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Somebody say, the grace of God has appeared to me. Let's look at it from the Amplified. From verse 11. For the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, appeared for deliverance. You can read with me. From sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. Next verse. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion, and worldly passionate desires to live discreet tempered, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. Now, the way grace works is that when sin abounds more, grace abounds even more. So you may be saying the environment that we're in, you don't know how it is, you don't know this, you don't know this. In every environment, the grace increases. And recently, God has been emphasizing this to us. There are a few reasons why God emphasizes such things. One of the reasons is because God wants vessels of honor. Are you aware that being a vessel of honor is a choice? Being a vessel of honor is a choice. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And look at it from verse 21. Let's start from verse 20. 2 from verse 20, 2 Timothy, the New King James. So God wants you to live a sober life, a righteous life. God's intention in your life is not just to find you and just keep forgiving you for doing the same things every day. That's not what his plan is. The plan of the grace of God is to train you to live a proper life, an upright life. Ask your neighbor, are you living uprightly? Now let's read. But in a great house, participate. They are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some of honor and some for dishonor. Hold on. That's talking about the house of God. It's saying like even the way there's in a house, there's that china, which is, there's that one. That one which is kept for special occasions. 
where you can't just have somebody come in afuna kuja chimbala and they put it on that china that china it even decides what food can be on it and what food cannot i don't know if somebody is getting my point <laughs> let's be honest there are those cups which even if uh, I, i don't know if it still happens these days but it used to happen a lot back in the day i don't know if any of you remembers there was a period where zambians were so free with each other I don't know if they are still the same now that anyone could just be from anyone just knock at your gate and say I'm asking for some water. You wouldn't necessarily get your father's favorite cup. Just be honest, you wouldn't. <laughs> There was a probably a plastic one <laughs> for such occasions, right? So in every house there are different vessels. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Which one are you? Now The question someone may say, "Eh, maybe for some of us God just decided that we should be vessels of this." Others may say, "Well, I would have liked to be a vessel of honor, but you don't know what I've where I've been and what I know." Let's look at the next verse. Therefore, let's read it together. 1 2 3 go. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, hold on there. Now, English lesson. You know about the former and the latter, right? So the former is the first one mentioned the latter is the one that's mentioned more recently i'm saying this because sometimes you can think people know so let's go back to the previous verse and let's see which one is the latter dishonor so there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor so meaning the very next verse when it's saying cleanses himself from the latter it's referring to that aspect of dishonor let's look at it One to three go. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Notice it doesn't say if anyone is cleansed by God, it says if they cleanse themselves. You see there is a period where babies are bathed. And there is a period in life where bathing is a choice. <laughs> we are believing God that you made the right that you are making the right choices gentlemen but <laughs> praise God the water and the soap may be given but there's a period where it's up to you to determine the extent to which you interact with the soap and the water praise God now i want you to realize that Jesus takes this issue seriously let me put it like this There are people who will not enter heaven because of this issue. No matter how many good works they've done. Matthew chapter 7. When you read from verse 21. But don't worry, I'll give you solutions. Matthew 7. It says from verse 21. Not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven Ladies and gentlemen after the altar what next After the sermon what next After shouting amen what next After shouting hey what next Let's continue Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Next verse. And I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Or if you read from the King James, I think it's you workers of iniquity. Next verse. Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and I taught this, I will liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. So meaning and does them who hears this sayings of mine and does them. So this portion of scripture builds up from the aspect of repentance of somebody living a godly life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's beyond saying I love you Jesus. There has to be some action to it. I was doing a teaching for the sweet psalmist of Zion. And I think that day I said some things and they gave me looks. 
I was teaching them on worship, and I said, there are certain levels of worship that the whole world can sing with us. Because there are certain aspects of God that apply to the whole world. Can I give you an example? When you sing a song about the love of God, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So meaning the love of God is not limited to believers. The love of God is not limited to Christians. It's for the whole world. So when you sing, Oh, the overwhelming never, the whole world will sing along with you. I don't know if you're getting my point. But then when you say, I'll cross the hardest desert, I'll travel near or far, that may not necessarily apply to the whole world. Sometimes you can read a harder teaching. Worse off, have you noticed songs that refer to the holiness of God are rarely popular among unbelievers? Do you know that? How many times have you ever found unbelievers singing holy? Lord God Almighty? How often? Because there are certain things that are a preserve. I'll tell you why. Because when you start encountering deeper levels of God, they require deeper levels of consecration. Haven't you noticed Isaiah 6? Isaiah encounters the Lord. The guy looked at himself and said, Hey, woe is me. Have you ever seen that? Ladies and gentlemen, have we read Isaiah? Okay, look at chapter 6. Look at this. Isaiah, I think, give me Isaiah 6 verse 1. Is it the one in the year King Uzziah died? I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, hand lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Next verse. Seraphim, next verse. <laughs> and one cried and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Next verse. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Incense. Next verse. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king of the Lord of hosts. Isaiah was immediately aware of his desperate situation, which wasn't matching up to the holiness of God, and there was a cleansing that was needed. Ladies and gentlemen, is true repentance possible? Let's have a few, just a few, today I'll just give you two keys on true repentance. Number one, if a person wants to truly repent, Jesus must become Lord over their life. Allow me to explain. When a person repents, Jesus must become Lord over their life. And from the scriptures Jesus quoted, it's beyond calling him Lord. Okay. I'll use a very um, simple example as you take me to Romans chapter 8 actually Romans chapter 10 so Jesus must be Lord over your life not let me put it like this there are many people who know Jesus as the savior the healer the deliverer, and they like him that way. But they don't know him as the master and the Lord. Because that's at another level. Let me give you an example. Have you ever read um, when Jesus talked about being the bread of life? I just want to show you something. 
Now, John chapter 6, and please follow me. Say, I'm with you, Pastor. Those of you who didn't say it, what's your problem? <laughs> you can tell me I'm with you, Pastor. Wonderful. I'm glad I'm also with you. John chapter 6. Wow. I want us to read from verse 1. And we'll skip and see a few things. But as I've said, the first key is Jesus must be Lord over your life. So John 6 from verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw, the, they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Why did they follow him? Come on, guys, flow with me. Why did they follow Jesus? So who did they follow? Jesus, the healer. Let's continue. And Jesus went up the mountain and he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Now, Jesus lifted his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? I use this scripture a lot when teaching possibility thinking. The first thing Jesus said is, where shall we buy bread? He was trying to train his disciples to think big. Most people have not learned how to think big. So anyways, we skip a few verses and we notice that Jesus fed the 5,000. After he fed the 5,000, he walked on the sea. Now, verse 22. Now, I want you to imagine you just came from a meeting where there was free food. What's the reaction by the time you're going home? Oh, there was free food. And you know, Zambians love free food, for example. If it was in Zambia, there would have been more than 5,000 people. How, how the other people would have found their way there, you don't even know. I remember when I was younger, I forgot where we went, and there, were people, there was like more than one funeral in the road. And there were people who were moving from house to house, having supper everywhere, because the food was free. Zambians can pay transport money to go and eat free food, which is less than the transport money they've spent. <laughs> is somebody following me? Yeah. That's why if you're having an oil, if you're, some of you here will own restaurants and the like. And so if you're having those days for all you can eat buffet, be careful where you set that up. Some, make sure you add the terms and conditions apply. There are some legends I know in this place who if you tell them all you can eat, they'll carry the whole chefing dish. Let's continue. Now, on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no boat there, except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Uh -huh. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Uh-huh. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Uh-huh. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So who were they seeking? Jesus the feeder. <laughs> Next, then he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Uh-huh. They say to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? That's a question we should be asking. Next verse. Jesus answered to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. We're continuing. Therefore they say to him, what sign would you perform then? Are you serious? You, you already saw the diseased healed. You already ate free bread. And they still asked, what sign? They wanted more food, these guys. 
What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Are you serious? Let's continue. Our, then they even said, our fathers ate manna in the desert. You can clearly see where their mind was here. <laughs> they were thinking, they were acting like the way people act when people are campaigning. Oh, okay, yes, we've heard your manifesto. What sign do you have for us <laughs> that you will take care of us? Surely, how can you be campaigning down at Pedagot Chitenges and stuff like that? That's the way they were acting. <laughs> Some people here will receive Chitenges from everywhere. The house is even a collection. <laughs> it says, Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread. They even quoted scripture. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Next verse. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Uh -huh. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Uh -huh. Then they say to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Fork and knife ready. And he said to him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me. <laughs> shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Let's continue. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Let's go on. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. Isn't it amazing just reading the words of Jesus? That all that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Lord, may that be mine as well. Lose nothing. Let's go on. Next verse. I just want us to follow the conversation. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Uh-huh. And they said, is this not Jesus? But they didn't say that when he was feeding them. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then now that he says, I've come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. Uh -huh. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I'll raise him up at the last day. Uh -huh. Next verse. I just want us to see one more. Keep going. Jesus could talk. Let's continue. <laughs> I want us to see something. And he keeps calling himself the bread, right? 52, they quarreled amongst themselves. But then I want us to see verse 60. Verse 60. I love my Jesus because of his length of speech. Did you know John has got all these verses? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Let's go on. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? The point I'm bringing out here is, these guys wanted Jesus the healer. They wanted Jesus the feeder. But they didn't want him to be their Lord. There are many people who have got no issues with the benefits that come from Christianity. They've got no issues with the God who can answer their prayers. They've got no issues with the God who can help them pass an exam. Do you know how many unfulfilled covenants people have made with God? God, I promise this time, if you can just, I know I didn't study, but if you can just help me pass this exam, Lord, the way I will serve you. <laughs> people have made a lot of unfulfilled covenants because people don't want to accept him as Lord. Here is what Lord means. Lord means... You are the boss. It's your way, not my way. You are the master. It's your definitions, not my definitions. 
The moment you say Jesus is Lord, what you're saying is, I'm your servant, I'm your slave, for lack of a better term. It means let's say person let's choose a name that no one here has. Let's say a gentleman named Donnarumma <laughs> is married to a woman named Fiona. And she becomes Mrs. Donnarumma. And one day, she just gets up and says, I don't feel like living with you. I've decided to go live with Mr. Buffon. Donnarumma can sue that lady and literally have a court session because she's under him, not somebody else. So when you say, Lord Jesus, I hope you know what you're getting yourself into. That the Lord Jesus can question, I, I thought you're under me. I thought I'm the one you're supposed to be obeying. So the first key to genuine repentance is Jesus must be your Lord. Not, we don't get saved by having Jesus as our friend or Jesus as our big brother. Or in, no, we get saved by him being our Lord. That's, that's what brings salvation. Because for, sometimes we treat him like a caregiver. Or like, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Look at Romans chapter 10. Now look at verse 9. What does it say? That if you confess with your mouth, confess what? The Lord Jesus. Notice the word used there. It's what? The Lord. Lord means master. And if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It ain't even say if you just think he's the good person or if you just think he's the son of God. No, you must confess him as your Lord. So that's key number one. Can I quickly give you key number two? You're sure you want it? Key number two is the moment you confess Jesus as Lord, your second step, don't be wise in your own opinion. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Somebody say glory. glory. Say it one more time. Proverbs 3, verse 7. Sorry about that. Proverbs 3, 7. 1, 2, 3, read. Again. For the final time. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. There is always a form of wisdom that governs bad behavior. And the nature of human beings is that there is this opportunism. What do I mean? self-seeking, self-serving. And when a person convinces themselves that something is bringing them some form of benefit and they choose to go for it, the fear of the Lord will be out. And usually that's how evil creeps in. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. 
Let me, I'll give you an example. Um, I was preaching one time at the University of Zambia. One of the fellowships had invited me. When I came out from the service, the meeting was so powerful that they decided we continue the service on the grass. Laid hands. People were flying all over. And I was ready to go back home. I think I was in fourth year by then. And by then I was driving because I started, I got my first car, I think in third or fourth year, I don't remember. So I was driving this little red car. And so I came to my car, I entered, and I felt a lot of wind. And when I checked, I noticed that the glass at the back was broken. So upon further investigation, I discovered that my bag had been stolen. And the bag had my laptop and a few other things you really shouldn't believe in in the back of your car. <laughs> but I was new to the driving life of Lusaka. <laughs> I learned my lesson after the third time. So that was the second. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought surely I'm preaching. Like I'm at the chapel. Everyone who's around has just come to pray. And I received the shock of my lifetime. So I didn't know whether to be, I didn't know how to feel, you know, like, and you know, for a student, a laptop is a lot of money. Maybe even for people who are not students, but I didn't know how to feel. My notes, all those things were there. And whoever got it must have convinced themselves in some way that it was better for them to benefit from having my laptop than me. Meaning, in their crookedness of thinking, there is a wisdom they thought they had. And they actually thought it was a wise thing for me to suffer and for them to benefit. There is some form of thinking that goes on. Very rarely are human beings working like robots. They have some underlying thoughts. Sometimes they just ignore them. If Friday night someone decides to spend all of it um, at a nightclub, there's some form of thinking that, look, it's better for me to be at a nightclub dancing and spending all my money than sleeping in my bed. I would rather be there. It's more beneficial for me at this point. After all, there is some form of trade-off. So a person trades off their sleep for a night out. The challenge with sin is that it's got wages that it gives. And on earth, we just see tiny parts of it. Eventually, the biggest wage that sin gives is, oh, uh, here's, you're on the payroll, right? Here's the full payment for everything you are doing. It's death. But then, there is some form of wisdom a person will apply. I'll use anger, for example. Okay, so I'm angry. I'm feeling these fits of rage. So if I get my hand and I punch that person and I see them bleeding and I see them crying from my punch, then I'll be happy because my anger would have left and the person will be hurting. Do we really think about these things sometimes? Okay, um, fine, that person is married, but it's more beneficial to me to play a part. After all, for him to be like this, he was going to destroy his marriage anyway. I'm just one of the vessels. But oh, woe to the person who's part of it. It means there's some form of thinking that goes on. The moment you confess Jesus as Lord, you lose the right to have an opinion that's different from his. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
Look at what being wise in people's own eyes did to them in Genesis. Look at this, Genesis 3, right? The serpent sees Eve. The serpent comes to Eve and says, did God really say? In short, you can have a different opinion from God's. And then afterwards, Satan says, surely it's nice to eat. Nothing will happen to you. You'll just be like him. And eventually, Eve saw that it was good for eating. So what, what do we see there? It's now being wise in my own eyes. She saw that, look, it's good for the eyes. It's good for eating. Afterwards, she gives some to her husband. And when God comes and seeks for them and they are hiding, and they said, we're hiding because we're naked. And he says, who told you? Meaning there's an opinion where that came from. And it didn't come from me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to live a godly life, you have to rid yourself of personal opinions, of negotiating spiritual things. Like negotiating them. No. Um, I used to insult 50 times a day, I'll now insult three. Did the Apostle Paul reduce the people he was killing? Or was it a turnaround? Did he say, okay, I've stopped from killing 50 Christians a day to killing three? So there's that aspect where you must neglect, you must let go of personal opinion. And in doing so, I would be very, very, I would encourage us to be very, very careful about associations. When it comes to repentance, one of the greatest challenges, because remember, you can't be wiser than God, is that when it comes to these things, most people who have habitual challenges have a hype squad for those challenges. Maybe I say that again. There's a hype squad. There's usually a team that empowers and encourages and provides a verbal or emotional or a physical environment for certain things to continue. And whether you like it or not, unless you all decide to be on the same path, repentance either finishes or changes the dynamics of friendships. What do I mean? It means that when you have repented and your bestie, you've told them, look, I'm no longer doing ABCD, so don't invite me for ABCD. And they say, okay, that's fine. But then two months later, they say, my birthday. At least for my birthday, you can come. We've come a long way. At least for my birthday, we can go together to the club. What's happening there? That then there's a challenge that you may have to choose between Jesus and the bestie's birthday. Now, that's when now someone starts negotiating with themselves. Like, no, anyways, God will understand. God has told us to value friendships. They've not even seen that scripture. Uh, God has told us this, 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 this. After I won't do anything wrong, I'll just have Coca Cola and stuff like that. And before they know it, they're enjoying themselves. And the way the flesh works is that you actually enjoy, you realize, wait, I'm missing out. And before you know it, you've done it the third time. The fourth time, you add a little bit. It's no longer just a soft drink. It's a soft drink and. Anyways, I won't be as bad as the rest. This is and that. Anyways, they actually, you know, scripture says you must be responsible. So they need someone like me who's responsible there to make sure they don't do this, 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 this. That's why I need to be there with them. It's my calling in life. It's my assignment. Just to be responsible over them. Then before you know it, while you're in that environment, you meet someone who you are seeing praying a lot at church. Like, ah, surely we are in this together. <laughs> 
And they just went, oh, in this together. Before you know it, you're encouraged. You've encouraged each other. Eight months later, you're revisiting your doctrine. Who says it's really wrong? I've helped a lot of people, and you'd be surprised how some of the most argumentative people are hiding an insecurity over something that must be dealt with. And God has given them the grace to deal with it. But they are too busy feeding their own opinions. Two years later, churches are just full of hypocrites. After we meet each other, we know each other. That same hypocrite, you find them, they repent on the last day. Then you're just surprised when they're saying in, out, them, they're in. <laughs> it's like those guys who you don't study with. Somehow they pass. Be very careful. People know how they... <laughs> you never know which grandmother is interceding for one of the people you're calling a hypocrite. Fine, final day. Jesus is just about to come. Them, they repent. Then you who you are too feeling each other. <laughs> I'll talk a bit more about that next week. I'm dealing with this because as we're, as we're worshiping earlier, you know what I saw when we were singing glory to the Lamb. Can I tell you what I saw in a vision? There are moments where we're worshiping and it feels like we've gone into heaven. Who's ever had those moments? Yeah. I started feeling that a lot when I just got saved especially. Sometimes we'll be worshiping and I would feel like I'm alone, like I'm the only one God is hearing. You know what I mean? And that's the period I knew I would learn how to play the keyboard and the guitar because I would see that in visions. And my voice was not necessarily very nice. Then there are moments where you feel like heaven has stepped into your realm. And that's what I began to feel like. And I was reminded of the words on the book, I will be their God. Does, is there any copy of I will be there, God? Bring it to me very quickly. There's just one part I want to read for you. That's what you go very quickly. You're walking. You're dealing with Apostle F and you're walking. <laughs> Thank you. There's a part that the designer put which I didn't tell him to. I just found it. When you look at the cover... Says Frederick Kaluluma will be their God, and says the return of God to the throne of man's heart. Is Jesus that throne on your heart? Who sits on it? Is Jesus sitting on that throne? So as we're worshiping, I was sensing that's what I was sensing the return of God to the throne of man's heart. Who sits on the throne? Is it you? Is it your boyfriend or your girlfriend? It's very possible that the ones who sit on the throne. You know, there are some people whom their purity, let's say with regard to sexual morality, is dependent on whether their boyfriend or girlfriend thinks it's a good idea or not. Like they're actually hoping their boyfriend or girlfriend will agree with them. If not, so you can, your, your salvation is not bigger than that relationship, no matter who they are. Then they sit on the throne there, not God. God is their assistant. Then what is he there? And you even sit and say, we're praying for a relationship. Praying for him? Praying that what? No, we pray together every night. And then do what? No, ladies and gentlemen, if we're not going to stop removing these things and cleansing ourselves of these things, then the world will not respect us because we won't be vessels of honor. <laughs> Let it never be said of you where someone out of the genuineness of their heart, not out of jealousy or persecution, says, okay, if that one makes it to heaven, we're all making it. <laughs> Let it never be said of you. Not in your current state. Praise God. So, repentance. Do you still love me? Am I still your favorite pastor? Okay. In three minutes, can we pray? Are you okay with that?
Wow. I have great passion to see believers live the life God called for them. I have great passion for that. And so I'll keep teaching you. Praise God. Lift your hands. Acknowledge the holiness of God in the room. Everyone. I want everyone to participate. It's just for three minutes. Acknowledge the holiness of God. Just acknowledge him as holy. Acknowledge him as holy. Acknowledge him. Yes, Lord. Yes. You are holy. 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 Holy, 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 holy. If there's if perhaps you've been in the place of I surrender almost, but not really surrendering more. If there are parts of your life that you've not given to him fully and surrendered to him as Lord, just submit them to him in words. Listen, he's not asking you to know exactly what to do or how to do it. He just wants you to submit to him. He's not asking you to figure it out by yourself. That's why he gives you grace and this grace can train you. But he wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. That you can come to a place where you can say, I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus' name. Yes. 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 And Father, I pray for us all. Lord, that we may all increase in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. I pray for anyone who's struggling. Anyone who's having challenges. With living a godly life. Anyone who's struggling with addiction. Anyone who's struggling with anything that they are bound to. In the name of Jesus, it breaks. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah. Sing hallelujah.
Let's sing it for the last time. Let's go. Sing. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.